entitled today is The Convenience Store, and I, I don't know about you, but you know, they say one of the ways that you make a memory is when almost all your senses are involved, you know? And when I think about growing up, and I think about Thanksgiving, I don't know why it is that Thanksgiving sticks in my mind more than anything. I think it's because of the smell. You know, my mom would be up at 5 o'clock in the morning while I was snoring away. She'd get the turkey up. She'd get the, you know, she didn't get the turkey up. You know, she didn't go out and, like, kill the turkey. <laughs> the turkey was down, and, and she rubbed it down, and she put it in the oven, and she got the potatoes going, and she got the pies going, and she got the desserts, and the, they would do some breads and different stuff like that. And about 10.30 or 11, since I had five sisters who lived on the second floor, my dad, bless his heart, gave me and put and uh, formed a bedroom in the basement. Off on one little side, walled it off. So I would come up the stairs at about 10, 30, 11 o'clock and be like, wow. And I think that's how memories are made. Smells. What kind of, smell of perfume or something like that. And it's like, oh, uh, I used to date that person. Oh, my gosh, I hate the smell of that. Charlie, anybody have Charlie perfume? Please don't wear it around me. Oh. <laughs> you know, white shoulders is my wife's and, you know, that's, 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 our, our, that's our special blend, you know. And so uh, the, what, what I want to say to you is, is I put no effort into that meal. It was easy. It was convenient. It was everything that my mom had done. And probably, I don't know who helped her, my dad and the sister. I don't know. I was asleep. But I got up and I ate and I enjoyed. The top of your notes, I have, that was easy, right? Because all of you remember the uh, Staples commercial. That was easy. Right? That was easy. What was the purpose of it? Human beings like things easy. In this world, they're trying to advertise and say, you know what, who cares about how good the products of Staple are? Let's just make it easy to get them. Uh-huh. There's a lot to that, right? Amazon is a great thing. Things are being delivered. You don't have to shop unless you do like to shop, and I know there's plenty that do. But, you know, Amazon wasn't good enough. They got to give us Amazon Prime next day, you know? Now they're delivering food and everything. To we drove by Dairy Queen the other day. And Dairy Queen uh, in Menor said, uh, Uber Eats delivers. By the time you get there, it's melted all over the place. But they deliver hot dog, you know. They, everything is, that was easy, you know. We don't want some things to come easy. Think about it. We're prone to do what's easy and good. But, you know, who here wants a doctor that went online, spent one ninety nine? for a three-hour course to become a doctor. There are certain things we don't want easy. You're not going to that doctor hung up on the wall, you know, e pluribus, I got a degree. There's things that we don't want. We don't want some things easy. I, I grew up in the welding industry. You know, there's all kinds of guys have a welder in their garage. Some of the things that aero welding did were nuclear, and some of the things we did went to the moon. All kinds. We did stuff for nuclear subs. You don't want a guy that hasn't done non-destructive testing on his welds and have been x-rayed, a penetrant, whatever. You don't want somebody just from the backyard working on a nuclear submarine that you're on or that is protecting you. I'm concerned, and I want to talk to myself and you today, that sometimes we let this convenience things roll over into Christianity. And Jesus hits it pretty much head on in your notes. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. And maybe the key word is daily and follow me. 
The Christian walk is not something that just begins. It's not just a run that begins. It's constant, ongoing, always thriving, always putting the effort into doing the will of God, seeking the will of God, doing the will of God. And so I have five things I'd like to talk to you about that over 27 years, something like that, that I've experienced. I've experienced personally, and I've experienced as a pastor, some things that I just want to talk to you about, some dangers in the convenience store. The convenience store, if you go into the convenience store, it sells number one instant start. Now, there's a lot of you here, you're thinking, what in the world? Even my daughter, she did the grabs, like, what is that stuff? If you go to a convenience store, they sell about five things for automotives. Number one, oil. Number two, dry gas. Number three, a, a, a deodorant thing, a, a smeller thing for your car. And most of the places, they'll have some instant start there. What is instant start? It's a volatile spray, man. It has no lubricant in it whatsoever. It is flammable. It is mostly either heptane or ether. It, 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 it's used to highly explode the, the, the spark on your car, on your motorcycle, on your tractor, whatever it is, when it won't start. And my concern sometimes is Christians think, well, you know, I used Instant Start one time as a Christian. I, I, I was baptized one time, and that's great. You know, you, you, get to, you, you were baptized, and that's a wonderful thing. But oftentimes you ask yourself the question, Jesus said, what are you doing daily? What are you doing today? I mean, are you still walking with Christ even though you've been baptized, you know? Maybe you got saved, and you got saved years ago, and you can tell the story when you got saved. Wonderful. But what are you doing today? The scripture constantly says, you know, there's, there's a theology out there that I constantly have conversations and battle with. It's called eternal security. It's that you come to know Jesus Christ, and for the rest of your life, you're saved, you're sealed, you're done. And as a pastor, you have no idea how I've had to battle with people and talk to people about the fact that if that's possible, what about boom, 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 you know? You use a passage of Scripture. You use a couple passages. I understand the security you have as a Christian, but the Scripture constantly is telling me I show Jesus I love him by keeping his commands. Matter of fact, I had a gentleman, super nice guy, who I was talking with us about, and I was going over the scriptures, and I was going over the opposite side of him. And by the time we got to the end, and he didn't really have a biblical base, and when we talked to him, he says, I quote, I like believing in eternal security because it comforts me. There wasn't a biblical response. It was just a comfort thing. It's the easy street that I'm really concerned about. 1 Corinthians 9.24 Paul, writing to this Christian, says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. The Christian walk, life, is referred to in several different ways, but as a race. And he's not saying only one gets the prize. He's saying run as if you are going to get the prize, as if you are going to be. Don't let anybody out-effort you, out-serve you. Running the race means pushing yourself to keep uh, running even when you are tired. Even when, everybody here that's a runner, ever been a runner, you know there's a time you just, you just push yourself and you get past it and you finish. You know, In Christianity, sometimes there's anger against God. Why God? I understand. Don't just, oh, the scripture's full of people who are angry with God. God's not having a problem with that. It's when you begin to just say, I'm done. It's okay to be angry. Speak to the Lord. Read the Psalms. Sometimes there's disappointment, depression, downtimes, something that happened that you didn't do. Why me? 
The scripture says you have to push on, keep running the race. We have five biblical practices studying the Bible, reading the Bible, prayer, being in prayer. Today is National Day of Prayer. How about at 6 o'clock, wherever we're at, we take the time to begin to pray so across this church, people are praying, serving. Jesus said, I I came not to be served, but to serve. Giving, Scripture talks about tithing and and above that, and then fellowship. One of the things that's going to happen here today, just keep away from each other. If somebody don't want to hug you, it's not because you have body odor. They just, you know, we're all trying to be, be careful here, right? You know, in Galatians 5, 7, we looked at this, what was it, last week or the week before? He said, you were running. He's talking to Christians, past tense, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? The original language means who broke up the road so that you couldn't continue to run on that road? Were is past tense, everybody. Are you current in your relationship with Jesus Christ? The danger with instant start, in case any of you don't know it, it's, it will wipe oil off of anything you have. You have oil all over your hand, you take instant start, spray it, whew, your hand will literally be white because it will even take the oil off of your hand off. The danger with instant start is if you use it only, it will ruin the engine. Because it will wash the oil off of the cylinder walls. It will scar the cylinder walls and you'll ruin it. And the danger with Christianity that has instant start, whatever it was, is not daily, is it will ruin your spiritual life. We looked at two passages of Scripture. There are many, many more. It is not those who start well with, uh, with uh, Jesus Christ. It's those who put into practice the words of Jesus who will keep his commands. Those would, we weren't saved to just say I'm saved. We were saved to obey and keep his commands. Number two, some of you see this, some of you don't, but it seems more and more, I don't know why it is, but they, they're selling a pepper spray. They've got this little box, they got all these little pepper sprays, mostly of them pink and stuff, probably a lot for women. Maybe it's just because they're open late, but you know what it's for. Pepper spray is the spray to fend off an attacker. Somebody's attacking, you fend it off. And I, I've seen Christians use their own pepper spray when you want to challenge them in regards to their faith, when you want to challenge something in regards to what they believe. It isn't that I'm trying to get into an argument, but as a pastor shepherd, my job is found in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. I'm supposed to be there to correct and to guide and to gently steer. People come to me all the time and say these things, and it's just like, do you want a biblical opinion, or could we at least look at this? A lot of times they don't. They just want to make a statement and walk away. I want to say to you today, what do you fend off when somebody challenges an aspect of your faith? Uh, maybe eternal security was it for you today. You know, you try to talk to somebody about effort. I'm like, oh no, this is about, we're saved by, freely. You talk to somebody about persevering. You ever do a study on persevering in the, in the New Testament? Woo! How about the need for people to overcome? You show them scriptures, uh, they, 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 you can't just get saved and put your life in cruise control. And they're like, you're trying to make my salvation into works. no. Your salvation started by faith. It was a gift of God. But the very next verse in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 is verse 10, which says, and you are his masterpiece, and he's prepared good works for you, which he prepared in advance for you to carry out. Why do we stop at verse 9? Not a context. Now that you're saved, your life must produce good works. Effort. People, you talk to people, effort. Effort to get to church. God bless every one of you here today. And for those of you at home, we totally get it and understand. That's fine. 
effort to get to Bible study. Effort to make sure you have a daily, effort to make sure, relationships take effort. How about the perseverance? Perseverance to get through trials. Perseverance to get through uncertainty. Perseverance. It isn't those who start. The scripture, I'm going to read you a passage here in just a second. How about overcoming? Overcoming fears or embarrassment, maybe to speak up about Jesus. Why did Jesus say, if you're ashamed of me in front of people, I'll be ashamed of you in front of my father? If it meant you could just get saved and just lollygag along? To overcome. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 36. He says to this, this is, these are Hebrew people, Jewish people, who had come to know Christ. He said, you need to persevere. Now, could you underline that? Because I want to show you the opposite of it. There's two things he emphasized. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Now, doesn't it make sense that if you don't persevere and don't do the will of God, you will not get what he promises? Look at verse 37. And he quotes two Old Testament passages of Scripture. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come, and he will not delay. He says, folks, he tried to encourage them. Whatever you're going through, keep persevering. He's coming sooner than anything. And for those who are thinking he's not coming, and those who are thinking, you know, Jesus is coming. You want to be ready. And then he quotes this other one in, in verse 38. But my righteous ones, those, those are Christians, who are living by faith. He says, and I take no pleasure in the one who, here's the opposite of persevering, the one who shrinks back. I take no pleasure in, in the one who shrinks back. Perseverance versus shrink back. If, if we don't persevere, we don't make it. Do you know, I know a lot of people avoid the book of Revelation. I would say to you this, you know, read the whole book, but read the first three chapters. Just just read the first three chapters. The first chapter basically says, this is the revelation about Jesus Christ. And what is the book all about? Well, maybe there's some things that are difficult to understand, but it's coming. You know, as people came up to me and said, hey, do you think that the coronavirus is, is one of the plagues? I'm like, nah, I don't think so. You know, there's so many other things that have to be going on, and we head in that direction. The key is, is keep your eyes on Christ. You know, but Jesus in the second and the third chapter, the passage of scripture says, the angel to the church in, name it, seven churches. The, the very first church. Every one of them, the, the uh, NIV uses the word to, um, let me see, be victorious. You have to be victorious. The King James uses, you have to overcome. Whichever word you use is fine. But the very first church he writes to says, if you don't, you ain't getting into heaven. You want me to prove it to you? Here it is. Revelation 2, 7, whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says after he's taught him everything. To the one who is victorious, or if you have the King James, to the one who overcomes, I will give, I will give um, the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The tree of life found the new one, not the one that was uh, taken and eaten off in the garden, the new one, where there's no more tempting, everybody, hallelujah, no more um, uh, uh, um, crying, no more pain, no more suffering. All of that has been removed. Promises made only to those who don't shrink back. Don't spray pepper spray on your conscience. Be an overcomer. It'd be a perseverer. Be one who understands effort is required for me to walk with Jesus every day. 
Number three, instant start pepper spray. You go in there, you ever see those little boxes of five-hour energy, everybody? All kinds of, all kinds of different brands. They have one called EE uh, uh, over at uh, Walmart. Evans Excellent, I think it stands for. But, but you know, that they tell you that if you, you drink one of these, they, 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 they really push the vitamins. It's got B12 vitamin. It's got this vitamin. It's got this, you know, probably minuscule, but it's got like, I'm going to exaggerate. It's probably two cups of coffee and a little couple little ounces there. And everybody's drinking big drinks now because, oh, we don't want to just have that little experience. We want it to go on and on and on. And my concern is for Christians to be careful that we don't think that, let me just get a spiritual five-hour shot in the arm on Sunday mornings and think that's enough. There is no way. You read the New Testament, you know, they were meeting. They constantly met. The Bible says meet on Sundays. The church is, the, is what Jesus Christ has created that did not exist before. It was, he's the head. But everything else had to do with loving your neighbor, being there, caring for people. In this time today, who can you call and say, what can I do for you? You're at home. You're not feeling good. Even if it's the flu, let's find somebody, the elderly, whoever it might be. By the way, all of you who are here today, none of you are elderly. Not even you, Reese. Not, no, nobody's elderly today. Because you're all here today. But what could you do to help somebody? This is what the gospel is about. Maybe that's the best message during this time. During times where people would not go into places, Christians went. That's what it is that we have to be a part of. Five-hour energy. The word easy is the word achieved without great effort. I know several people here, some of you, you own businesses, you have really good jobs and stuff like that. I mean, do you really want everybody there to just take the easy road, the convenient road? No, you want people to do things right. In uh, 1 Timothy, he's saying to, to uh, 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 Timothy, and he's saying to you and me, hey, watch your life and doctrine closely. Now, that could be an entire message. Watch your life and watch your doctrine closely persevere in them there's that word again because if you do you will save both yourself and your hearers could you understand that if you watch your life and your doctrine you understand the scriptures and those that are around you moms and dads and your kids and neighbors and friends and families you understand that you know there is that theological deepness that has to come that oftentimes doesn't it can be somewhat frustrating you know sometimes christians think well i don't need any of that theology stuff well, yes, you do. There are people out there that think, well, you know, what's theology? It's just the study of God. You study God. You want to find out what's true. You want to find out what's he talking about with eternal security. Is that biblical or not? You want to find out. You want to find out. If I, it's okay in this church. Go home and study your Bible. It's okay. Don't just walk out and say, you know, the preacher said this. Don't be some mind-numb robot. Figure it out. Read. If you have a question, let's talk. No problem. But this says, watch your life and your doctrine. <clears throat> People won't study doctrine. They just kind of want just the entry-level stuff. Some Christians, you know, study and doctrine gets to the place where they're just like, you know, well, I, I'm saved and that's all I much care about. This is one of the things we try to do with all of our Bible studies. And we're getting some other Bible studies up and going and stuff like that. I'm doing one on Thursday nights that's on different themes. If you have a theme or a topic in the Bible that you want to know what does the Bible teach about it, just email me. And I will t- I'll put it on my list. I have a list. And we're going to start them at 645 on Thursday's Bible study. Come on out. Five-hour energy. Here we are, life and doctrine. You know, one of the things if I could say <clears throat> to parents here today, because I love the fact it says, you know, you and 
uh, and, your, and your hearers. If I could say something to parents, I, I, I am a parent, I was a parent, kids, you know, it's a tough thing to get your kids through grade school and high school and be a follower of Christ. But try to get them through college. Because there are atheist <clears throat> um, professors out there who are waiting to embarrass and to stomp on your children. And the only thing that's going to help them is to know the truth. And to know, let me give you, I have it in your notes, let me give you some of the things that they're going to run into. Moms and dads, get them an answer. Make sure they have an answer. They're going to basically talk to them, <clears throat> and they're going to basically say, you know, uh, what about the thousands of people who have been killed in the name of religion? That's going to be one of the things they say. I've been doing some reading stuff, one of the things college professors say. How do you answer that? Oh, in the name of Christianity, the crusades and stuff. Number one, you have to understand, no, just, you know, an hour study. A lot of the crusaders and what happened, they were not Christians. Make sure you tell them to tell the professor, that's not Christianity. There's always those claiming that that are not. And then if you want to talk to them, say, you know, well, what about those who have killed millions who were atheists? I'm talking about this socialist stuff trying to get into our country. Oh, let's go to a Stalin. How many did he kill in Russia? The number's about 20 million in the name of no God and no conscience. I got a couple others, Mussolini, uh, Mao Zedong. They say Mao Zedong in his whole new revolution, thank you, I won't even say it, Mao Zedong, between 18 and 45 million. Oh, uh, you know, come our way and do our thing. You know, be our, they were without God. I got a quote here in just a little bit I'll show you, but let me just hand, uh, come on down through this. Number two, you know, how can you trust a book that's been written by men? What is your answer? You got three answers, easy answers. Number one, you ask the professor, do you trust Plato's writings, Socrates' writings, any other book of antiquity, Shakespeare, whatever? Because here's a big word, but use a big word in your in college. The bibliographical test for the New Testament blows them out of the water. Check it out. How about the historical accuracy of the New Testament? Compare it to the Mormon book. The Mormon book is so historically inaccurate about the Americas. And then what about archaeology? Just three ways that you can basically say, well, it was written by man, but it was inspired by God. God moved on them, and here's the proof. Number three, prove to me that God exists. You're, you're a Christian. You believe in God. Prove me that God exists. They're going to do it. They're going to they're they're mess with your kid, and they are winning. How many 20s and 30-year-olds do you see in the church? They're winning. Prove to me that there's a God. And I would say, come up with two proofs. Come up with two proofs. Use a design theory, whatever it might be. But just say, listen, why don't we go a mano amino, or you and me, or Pisces of Pisces, whatever it is. I'll give you one. You give me a proof that God doesn't exist. Don't just let them put your child in a corner. You can't just say God doesn't exist. You prove to me he doesn't exist. Give me some proof. Uh, what do we got here? Um, evolution, uh, evolution is science. Oh, boy, that's what they're saying, you know. Evolution is science, you know. Science, 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 you know. And so what's your answer? Here's a good video. Somebody just asked me about this past week, evolution versus God. Some of you saw it uh, by uh, Ray Comfort. Go online. Anybody can watch it. He speaks to college professors, and they don't have an answer. Folks, a spiritual shot in the arm on Sunday mornings will never prepare us to defend our faith. I got a graphic 
hold on just one second, uh, Garrett, that uh, I did a little bit of reading. And in this graphic, somebody had visited Auschwitz and one of the other places, I forget the name of it. They saw what this man had done, and you probably know exactly what it is, but he targeted the youth. Does that sound familiar in our country? He targeted the youth. And go ahead and put that up for me now, Garrett. This is what he said. He said, I freed Germany from the stupid and degrading fallacies of conscience and morality. We will train young people before whom the world will tremble. I want young people capable of violence, imperious, relentless, uh, and, and cruel. Have you heard anybody in the news lately saying, if you see somebody do that, you stand up against him. If you see somebody do that, you do this. Have you seen that at all? You know this is Hitler. This is hung on a wall in Germany so that people that going by see and understand where he began to work, what is going on in our country. You say, Evan, don't get involved in politics. No, I'm not. I'm getting involved in reality We need to understand. Do you know, when they went into Auschwitz, they had thousands of pounds of women's hair and they were using it as a trading commodity. How much hair do you have to have to have thousands of pounds? Off my head, that would take like forever. Folks, this is where socialism, communism, and all of that leads to. Watch your life, moms and dads, and your doctrine closely and train up your children because a shot on Sunday morning will never prepare us to defend our faith. It's got to be more than that. I love Bible study. I love interaction. I love to sit around a campfire and answer questions. Hey, invite me to your house. I work cheap. Number four, go to a convenience store and you get yummy snacks, right? You go in there, you got some chips, can of pop, candy bar, you know. We don't really go in there for a turkey dinner, you know. We don't really go in there for something healthy. Go in there for something just to hold us over, you know? Something to satisfy that craving, which most of the time is usually high calorie and a lot of sugar. Oh, I wish I had a Diet Pepper right now, so. Christians have the same problem. You know, for a long time, we've kind of preferred the snacks of the Scriptures. The Scripture calls it milk. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, um, the 5th chapter. I'll start at verse 12. I think that's what you have. He says, in fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers. What does that say? He's writing to people that say, you ought to be farther advanced than you are. You ought to be teachers. Uh, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not equated with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Do you know it's so hard to try to convince somebody who doesn't study the scriptures what is evil and what is wrong? And what could possibly be putting them in jeopardy of eternal life? Oh no, I got an instant start. I'm still good. It's hard. Like that guy that told me, uh, this, this, this theology comforts me. You know, healthy people who are in good shape, they avoid this kind of snacking. They, uh, they would literally probably put convenience stores out of business. They're just like, they prep the night before. They get their, their portions. They eat what's right, you know. 
I know you're saying I could do a better job, and I could. I get that, right? But healthy people are in good shape. They avoid these things. They avoid those high carbs, those high calories, those high sugars. They eat what is right. They're in good shape. They feel good. They don't need a five-hour shot of energy. They understand that there are certain times of the day you just don't feel up to it, and you push yourself through them before you know it, you're through it. One of the worst things about five-hour energy is it crashes. And I'm concerned the people who started well, something will come into their life, something they don't understand, something they don't deserve, and it'll crash their faith. It happens all the time. There's something that the Scripture calls lazy eating, right? What is easiest to prepare and what is satisfying for our appetite, that's, that's kind of what's per, per, you know, presented to us. You drive into a convenience store, you know, oh, you're going to get a little bit of gasoline, this, that, the other, you know, let me just run in and get something. But now in my human body, that may cause some unhealthy side effects, okay? You can still go to a convenience store and go to heaven. You can have all three meals and go to heaven. It's going to affect me on you physically, but on the spiritual realm, if I'm into lazy eating in my spiritual life, it could cause me to spend eternity without Christ. The convenient spiritual store doesn't exist. Yummy snacks are like spiritual milk. You don't want to just be just drinking all the time. Be nice to use your teeth to chew a little bit rather and have a solid stool. I don't know why I said that, but it kind of fit. One last one, number five here, everybody. Lottery tickets. The third most sold item in a convenience store. I was in Sheets yesterday, and there was a lady over there at the, getting herself a lottery ticket, right? Lottery tickets. Uh, and people just saying, if I, if I just had enough money. The whole drive and the whole draw, the Scripture talks about the love of money. It talks about loving money. It talks about, you know, how the evil. You know, there's nothing wrong. People have money as long as you have it right. You can have no money and still love money, and you can have a lot of money and still love money. That's not the case. It goes to contentment. You know, it goes, and the Ohio Lottery Commission knows mankind. They've been telling us for years, we're going to help the schools. How's that worked out? They know you. They know me. They know what it is about us. They understand that sinful nature. Ask yourself the question as a Christian, why am I not content? I hope that none of you gamble. I hope that none of you play the lottery. As your pastor, I tell you, stay away from it. Even if you can afford it, whatever, stay away from it. It hurts. You know, they, when they started gambling in downtown, they set aside $9 million for counseling for those who would become addicted. They just worked it into the price. Mankind's biggest pull is to the sinful nature. It speaks to contentment. Why isn't it just enough that I have the God of the universe? Proverbs 15. Verse 16, better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. We want a lot. We want to win the lottery. We always think money will be the answer to a lot of our problems. The only thing is, is the lack of money builds a lot of character. Builds a lot of different things that you can never get if you don't strive for it. Fear of the Lord. Do you have any fear of the Lord in your life? As you've been here today, has the fear of the Lord said, man, I, I wonder if I've drifted a little farther than I should. You know, better a fear of the Lord with a, 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 than great wealth with turmoil. How's your contentment with Jesus? How's your contentment in your Christian walk? Lottery tickets, 
it's the easy road. It's the least amount of effort. Haven't you ever watched any of the shows, the lottery ticket shows, where the people are literally, they're decimated after they win the lottery? <laughs> they win so much money, they spend 90% of it on a new home that they can't afford even the utilities. Lottery Christianity is the game where Christians gamble with their eternal life. And I just think that way too many people lose. The odds are against you. In your notes, I have inconvenient treasures. So we're talking about convenience. What's about inconvenience? Inconvenience is something that is accomplished through effort, through blood, sweat, and tears, right? Some of you know Jim O'Leary. At the age of 40, Jim O'Leary went back to school to take the bar exam and become an attorney. He worked and he studied. And that's not easy. It's, it's those things where, you know, the person said, you know, I, I really don't want to put my car, I don't want to pay interest on it. So they drive a beater. They put the blood sweat into They drive a beater to save money so they can pay cash for it. It's, it's inconvenient treasures that come about. You know, uh, Rick is starting to, trying to restore a, a, an old Chevy. What year is that? 69. It's going to take years. It's going to take blood, sweat, and tears. And probably a lot of uh, uh, broken thumbnails and black and blue and stuff. And, but it'll be worth it when it's all done. Inconvenience, folks, is a treasure. What about your Christian life? The inconveniences that come along, oh, they're making you into a treasure. They're making you into something that you and I could never be. The asterisk in your notes, thought of the day. Inconvenience is the essence of your potential. The easy road never gets anybody to be good at anything. It just is the inconvenient effort of it all. Hours of study, hours of practice, consistent discipline with your money, whatever it might be, convenience is just the right mixture for lukewarmness. And the Bible says that gets spit out of God's mouth. Inconvenience, you embrace it in some places because you know the treasure that comes from it. So could I say to you, don't shop at the convenience store? Not when it comes to your spiritual life. It'll wreck your faith and maybe your eternal life. Folks, we are in a nation right now, I close with this, I'm not trying to pick on the coronavirus or anything like that, but we're in a, a, a state in our country and in our world where the focus is making sure that we get this cure and making sure everybody's healthy, right? We have a national emergency in our country. We're taking, making sure that people, uh, we're, we're giving out all kinds of money so the economy keeps going. We're taking care and making sure some of the loans from college, I appreciate that. And there's all kinds of crazy people out there buying up all my toilet paper. Sandpaper hurts. We're putting so much effort into it, everybody. How much effort would we put into? How much effort? Could we just maybe hit a restart here? Could we just understand and understand? They're going to save themselves of something. Oh, I hope we get to cure. And wonderful. And if we get the cure for that, the person someday will still die. But in Jesus Christ, the gospel, they will not die. This body will go away and they will be whisked right into the presence of the Lord just like the thief on the cross. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Don't know if I understand all of that because I know the new heaven and new earth is coming but his words are saying in his presence. Father, as we prepare our hearts to uh, you know, battle with uh, what's going on in our country, here in this church today, we are your children. We are saved by the wonderful grace that you have given us. We thank you. 
Thank you so very much for giving us the truths found in your scriptures. Will you just give us a special touch of the fear of the Lord? Just because, Lord, it's just such a wonderful thing. It's not something we run terrifying away from you, but it's something that keeps us in check, that keeps us in your love. You said, if anybody wants to be my disciple, anybody wants to follow me, they got to take up their cross, deny themselves daily, and follow Jesus. Lord, you went through things to give us an example. If they treated you badly, we'll be treated badly. If a good friend uh, uh, betrayed you, a good friend will betray us. Yes, we've experienced all of that. May you give us that wonderful perseverance and that superpower that comes from your Holy Spirit, the spirit power, to live the life that you have called us to live. We love you today in Jesus' name.